Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. This episode, we had another episode planned and then we couldn't do it for sad reasons. Mm Mm-hmm. We were going to do an episode and we did not like the person in it. And then it turns out they are no longer on this mortal coil. And so we felt like we had to do another episode. Because that would have been poor taste. And we are nothing if not in good taste all the time, especially during the holidays. Me especially. Katie's kind of crass all the time. (laughs) So I suggested this one. It is one that I've always been fond of. I'm eager to hear what Katie thought of it. She has a smile on her face. Yep. So I hope this is not a Sheila Davalu situation. It's not. You liked it? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. It was a strong choice. Oh, good. I'm so happy because in my head I thought, this is not that strong of a choice. And then as I was watching it again, I went, oh, I forgot about that part. Oh, I forgot about that part. Yeah, it's really good. And everyone, this is part of our happy Hanukkah. can you feel the love tonight, Keith Miss. Night seven. Correct. It's almost to the end, guys. And night eight's going to be a big one. This night is good. Eight, I'm so excited for night eight. But night eight, eight is y'all. pretty exciting. But I'm, I'm really excited for this one, too. Yeah, I'm yeah, excited for this one. I'm really excited we got to do Suspicion because I've wanted to do Suspicion and talk about Bianca forever. Mm-hmm. And now I'm really excited we get to do this one. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and yeah, wait for night eight, you guys. It's going to be... Lit, y'all. It's a super surprise. Yeah. So this episode aired on August 2nd, 2013. It's called Mystery and Mustang. I don't think we ever said the title. Uh -uh. How many mysteries are there? I think there are more secrets, but I don't know. I would venture to guess there might be more mysteries than secrets. We'll have to look at that list. Heather Moss made a list of all the episodes in the last five years, but I think we need to go back further. We might need to fund her research for a thesis project. So this episode was season 21, episode 49, hosted by Andrea, but darker blonde. Correct. I hear that cat. Which cat? Ulysses. It's always Ulysses. She loves you. I felt like she ruined night eight. She did ruin night eight. I'm upset about that. She talked all the way through night eight. We've talked about it. It's not going to help. You've had some talks with her? Yeah, I'm trying. You're not being firm enough. Like You're like the parents on half these datelines. They just did not raise their children with stricter sense yeah, of fear of discipline. There's two of them now. Okay. It's Danny. Uh, okay, we got to get going. Mustang, Oklahoma. It's like such a small town think very religious. Everyone knows each other. It seems like people just ride horses every, like to the grocery store. Like people just casually like are just riding the horse down the street, like picking up their kids from school at the bus station. <laughs> like some towns on, are like that. Hop on the horse. Like, Buy the horse. The, you would just ride it everywhere. You'd Not be like, I got to go to Vons. 
Not in LA, but maybe out in the country. Like ride it to Starbucks. Do you think the Starbucks there has a state like like a bike rack, but for horses outside? Wouldn't that be something? What if you could see someone in the drive-through of McDonald's on a horse? You would just be delighted by that. I would think that was really funny. But then, what if they just pooped all over the drive-through? I'm looking forward to your traveling days. Poop I need a lot. you to spend a lot of time in like Wyoming and Idaho. To. I think things like that happen. They do. Maybe. What's a sooner? I'm not going to tell you that. Do you know? That's a secret. <laughs> you don't know, do you? I I know. What are sooners? It's the sooner state. Yes, but what is a sooner? You it don't has, know. I do. It has to do with manifest destiny. No, it doesn't. Yes, that's it does. It has our, to do it has no. to do with the new deal. No, that's from our <laughs> Patronus episode and you literally have been lording it over me for 20 minutes now, and you don't know what it is. It wasn't 20 minutes. It's been like five seconds. But yeah, I know. My timeline is a little off. But is it like a term for people who founded that state? Is it like an explorer or like a it's gold rush person? Yeah, it's something like that. Girl, hold on. In 1889, people poured into central Oklahoma to stake their claims. Nearly 2 million acres open for settlement. Those who entered the region before the land run's designated starting time were dubbed Sooners. Oh, because they were there sooner? Yeah. Isn't that funny? That is funny. I like it. I think it's a good nickname. Okay. I'm into it. Now I don't feel so dumb. Keith Bryan was a fireman. He was married to Becky. They married very young at 19, and now they're over 50. I need y'all to remember that. This woman, Becky, over 50. Yes. Because I realized as I was doing my recap that if you, if I didn't put emphasis on that, you would think I was talking about a much younger woman. Okay. So over 50. Again, no judgment. You're not judging yet. I have not okay. heard your tone. You're, you're stating a fact. Facts are facts. Yeah. Keith was a fire chief. He got promoted. He was a first responder at the Oklahoma City bombing, which is kind of incredible. He was a local hero. Very commendable. Becky, also a local hero, worked in real estate. And apparently, no, I'm not being joking. Her friend said that she would sometimes take her own money and help people buy homes, which I've never really heard of a realtor doing. I think it's like if they were, I think it's more like if they're really close to making this right. down so they can get this deal or whatever, she would help them. She would loan them the money until they could pay her back. Right. So they were doing well financially and they were even counseling other couples in their church. But in 2011, I don't like, yeah, I know we're shaking our heads. This, if you haven't listened to us talk about Twisted Faith yeah, and Fallen, yeah. Which is both about pastors giving marriage counseling to people in their church, people, but, and they should not be giving marriage counseling. Not only because their marriages are not good, but because then they murder. Yes. Thou shalt, they shall commit murder. Correct. It's like those preacher people on TV that are actually the least charitable. Oh, like the lady with the eyelashes and the pink hair. Yeah. Those are two different people. Sorry. But yeah, both of them. Right. The wives. Tammy Faye. Tammy Faye and the lady with the pink hair. I'm not sure what her name is. I wasn't really. There's a, there's a lady that was on when I was a kid and she had pink hair. It was like mm. cotton candy. Mm. 
Really? Yeah. Like dyed pink? Yeah. Huh. I'll send you a picture of her. Hmm. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. In 2011, the, they had two boys and they moved out of the house and then they kind of had empty nest syndrome and they grew apart and they separated. But Keith romance the boys? The boys moved out. Yeah. Sorry. And they had empty nest syndrome. The, Keith oh, and see. Becky. Mm-hmm. And then they got separated. But Keith romanced her and won her back. Mm-hmm. And one night in September... A friend came over and Keith made them iced tea because since he won her back, he was like doting on her. The friend left and they sat down to watch a movie, Carrie, one of Katie's favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this night in September, Becky called 911 and she's hysterical. And she says an intruder came in and shot Keith in the head. And then she says, I'm in Mustang America. Who would effing do this? I love that she says Mustang America, like she's saying, I live in small town USA. <laughs> you know? It literally is because she doesn't say the state. She doesn't no, say Mustang, she says, Oklahoma. Yeah, she says Mustang, Mustang America. America. And then she cusses. She yeah. cusses throughout this episode. Who would effing do that? But she says the word on the yeah. 911 call. She's got a potty mouth. She has a potty mouth. Also, so, I have a treat for you. Really? I have the whole 911 call. Oh, boy. The entire thing. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Yes. She she cuss a lot? No, it's just, we'll get to it. Oh, okay. It's good, yeah. So Keith is taken to the hospital. They assume he's going to pass away because he was shot in the head. But Becky stays at the house, and another fireman's wife comes over to, to comfort her. And Becky says, I'm sorry, I know he was your friend, too. Which is a really nice thing to say, that you would be that concerned with the other person's feelings. But I don't think that's totally can't really see that happening i don't think anyone's that selfless that they would be more concerned that this person lost their co-workers their their husband's co-workers you know no i could see that i i honestly could see someone saying that her i'm not so sure gotcha but i could see someone else saying that god forbid hand to god something happened to oliver and i was comforting you I would would you say, think to say, yes. I'm sorry for you, Kimberly? I yes. know he was your friend. Yes. The night yes. of it happening, Probably. you think you would say that? Probably. Yes. That's what I'm saying. I would be like, shut the F up. He was your husband. I'm consoling you. Of course, but you would probably also be sad, even though you think you're dead inside. Of course I would. So but I would, I would be say, comforting I'm you because he's I your know. husband. That trumps. Mm, it doesn't matter if it trumps. It was a nice acknowledgement that she made. Like, I appreciate you comforting me. I know he was your friend, too. Gotcha. Okay. Think of it in those. Yes. Think of it like that. I see. Okay. I can see that. Um, Everyone was scared that the shooter would return and they were and ruin Mustang America. (laughs) Mustang America has been tainted now they think the shooter is a sniper on every corner of mustang america now (laughs) and okay we get the story of what happened she's telling this female police officer who she happens to know because again it's a very small town her husband's the police chief so of course she knows tammy tammy cammy sorry the police officer she tells cammy that it was a 25 year old young man who came in and shot Keith in the head. 
And then he turned to Becky and said, I'm sorry, ma'am, but he should have effing hired me. So let's break this down. Yeah, let's. He, I'm sorry for just shooting your husband right in the head, right mm-hmm. in front of you. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So polite. Calls her ma'am. Mm-hmm. Very respectful. But okay. he should have effing hired me. Right. So We don't know what that means. Let's break it down quickly. So in a situation where a young gunman has come in, shot your husband, probably what you're doing is standing there calmly, not screaming or, you know, making a fuss or running. You're probably just standing there so that he is able to turn to you and say something. Now, in reality, in real life, you'd be screaming your head off. And so he would be like, ma'am, uh, ma'am, uh, uh, ma'am. That's interesting. Uh, ma- ma'am, I'm sorry. He would have to be trying to get your attention. What if it was that fast that it was like, bam, I'm sorry, ma'am, but I should have, hi- he should have effing hired me. And you have, you've just in shock. You have no time to react. It didn't get described like that because the way she describes it is that he, he shot him and then turns to her and right. says, right? Like a slow-mo dramatic also, turn. Do you think if you just saw your husband shot in the head, you'd remember what he said exactly? You'd that's, say, that's he said something to me well, and then ran out. Our latest episode, Family Secrets, mm-hmm. there is a moment like that. So with a, where something, someone says something and then you instantly block it out because it's so traumatic. Right. So that's but, interesting. But you see what I'm saying? There are yeah, several scenarios. She would be cowering, hiding, whatever. Also, a 25-year-old is going to shoot him and run out the door. Right. That that person is not staying. They're I think running you're imagining away. it slower. But I think it's one of those moments where to if you were her, it would feel like an hour has passed. But it's just been a few seconds. Do you think it sounds believable to you? No. I mean, I'm I'm 50-50 on it. Like, no, I don't believe it actually happened. But do but you think it sounds believable? I think usually it's just, it's so way too polite. Like normally on a dateline, when the wife gets left alive, it's, they shoot them and then they say, you're lucky I don't, or don't tell anyone. You saw nothing, you know, or you're lucky I'm not shooting you. Something like that. It's not so nice. So You also think it's strange that she didn't say he turned, pointed the gun at me. And said this. No, he's he, fine with you. She says specifically she felt like he was very nice and she knew yes, he she, wasn't going to hurt her. Correct. So let's from, get into that From his part. vibe. Let's, let's he had keep, a nice vibe about it. Right. Let's keep going with what she told Cammie, who, by the way, is not a police officer. Cammie is the detective in Mustang. Yes. Becky tells the 911 operators the same thing. She repeats the same story. Of what he said. She also says he was wearing a hoodie and has a big nose. She's interesting. Let's save that for later. Mm-hmm. Put a button on that. No, that's not the right expression. Put a mm-hmm. pin in that. Mm-hmm. There we go. So somehow Keith survived the surgery and yeah. then he dies. And I just, Dateline, I don't know why they stretched it out like that. They, they could have just said he doesn't survive the surgery. Because you survive the surgery, but then you die. Like, you, don't, you didn't survive the surgery. No, but I think he survived several, a while. Oh, he's, but just a few hours. 
But here's what I don't understand. She stays home, correct? She does not go with the hospital. But then she eventually gets to the hospital. And I didn't understand, yeah, why she was staying at home, if they asked her to stay home or if she chose to stay at home. But then she eventually makes it to the hospital because we hear more about that. So anyways, Keith does not survive and everyone's devastated. His family, all the firemen and their families, everyone loved him. We meet another – we actually meet two firemen by this point. They both have mustaches. Correct. One is – Tighter and shorter. Terry. And then the other one. Terry Tightstash. Tightstash. Terry Tightstash. And then I don't know what the other one's name is. Handlebar. White, white handlebar. Excellently done. So well done. Yes. So two mustaches. I was in heaven. They interview Becky later that night. The police do. They bring her in. She says they were so in love with each other ever since they got back together from being separated. Mm -hmm. And she says the same thing. The 25-year-old came in, shot Keith point blank, and then said very nicely and politely, I'm sorry, ma'am, but he should have effing hired me. But the police don't really understand because... But then she she says he drove away. She saw him drive away in this little bitty truck, right? Itty bitty truck. You're right. Yes. Yes. Sorry. So that was the other thing, that third piece of information that she said was that he was driving a dark little bitty pickup. Yes. It was a tiny pickup, and she was trying to get, like, them to find him. She was yes. like, go after this guy in a little bitty dark-colored pickup that she yes. didn't know the color. Okay. The police department is confused because the fire department hadn't been actually actively hiring new firemen for, like, four years. So mm-hmm. they didn't think someone would be trying to get a job and then not get a job and then hold on to that resentment for four years. Well, but... Someone might. We've seen it on Datelines before. Someone might. That That's why I was sort of like, eh, if you're crazy enough. If you're crazy sure. enough. Yeah. yeah. But it seemed like you would have applied for other jobs at other departments. And so why would you single out this one department that didn't hire you? Correct. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Usually with a situation like that, it would be like a checklist of 10 different people that you need to seek revenge on because they all didn't hire you or something. Right. It would be, yeah, he would be going down the list and the doing list. a rampage. Yeah. Okay. Keith also hired people to work on construction jobs sometimes. Mm-hmm. So they thought maybe it was someone who wanted to be hired as like a handyman and didn't get hired. Neighbors had seen a funny looking man, don't really know what that means, in a truck driving around asking for jobs. Little truck. Little truck. They had also, some people had seen a truck that night driving around. Mm-hmm. Then the rumor started that the intended target was not Keith Bryan. It was, dun, 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 Keith Bryant with a T, who was the chief in the town next door. In Oklahoma City. What are the freaking odds? Right. Keith Bryan and Keith Bryant. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a crazy coincidence. But I think it's a good idea Theory. yeah I, they laughed about it the police department thought it was dumb i thought it that actually kind of made sense That's- well and also because he's a chief in oklahoma city where they obviously hire a ton more people than this correct. teeny tiny town correct that's yeah. true but the chief in oklahoma city probably wasn't involved they thought in the hiring process and the men didn't really look alike 
I mean, they were both about the same age and white men. So it's not like they looked shockingly different. Or he said that, or like, you know, the guy got hired and whoever called him said, oh, no, the chief decided to go with someone else. Then you've never met the guy, but you know he's a guy who's about 50-something and he's white. And you think you know where he is because you've done a, I don't know, a Google search. So the neighbors are still really scared because Mustang America is on lockdown and people start gossiping. This is when it gets juicy. Small town gossip, bingos. Yep. People start gossiping. Here's where we start to see there's some cracks in Becky's perfect Miss Miss Mustang persona. Yeah. A family friend hears her the night of the shooting saying it'll be hard to sell the house since he was killed here and then andrea asks the family friend like what did you make of that and the family friend says i thought it was kind of odd but maybe i could hear her saying it because she's in real estate now she is a realtor i don't i don't know to i it's I, weird it's weird. it's weird. Yeah, it's weird. Maybe if you're like your emotions are so out of control that you just go to like your default, which is like business mode, and you're really into your career as a real estate person, and that's yeah, from you- that moment. He's not even. Here's the thing: if my husband was not dead yet, I wouldn't be at the house talking to my family friend about selling the house. I would be right. at the hospital with my husband. You could not keep me at the house. That's one hundred percent true. That's totally true even if the police asked her to stay no i think she would say i go in the in the ambulance i need to go be with my husband right i will speak with you guys as soon as he's stable or we can figure out what's going on but i can't talk right now all she all the police really need from her is a description of who walked in the house right i'm going to give you the best description i can bye bye i'm going to the hospital interview me at the hospital they do it on svu all the time yeah they don't have phones yeah, or just go there. Like, right. she should be riding well, in the ambulance. I think small town, so I think Cammie's the detective, so I don't know if Cammie's going to the hospital, but Cammie can call her on the phone. Yes. I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah, no, it does, that bothers me now that she didn't go. And no, she's it's just the hanging out the hospital. Flag. She seems to have assumed that he's dead. In fact, when the friend says he's made it through the surgery, they think there's hope. She says, really? No, nope, like, she doesn't. she doesn't assume he's dead. Oh, really? No. That's how I thought they were making it seem. No, she doesn't, because in the 911 call, she's talking about him moving. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So some people think in the hospital, once she finally gets to the hospital, Mm -hmm. that that Becky was acting hysterical one second and then like way too calm the next second. And we meet this sassy blonde friend, Pam, who I love. Love Pam. Did you like Pam? Yeah, I did like Pam. She's real Southern. And she's she has real her... Southern. She's real Christian. She probably makes a mean cinnamon roll. Yeah. Yep, yeah, I'm into Pam. She gets her nails done and she loves to gossip, but she will all, probably also say, I'm not one to gossip. The yeah, Bible she... says not to gossip. Yeah, and she uses real butter, not yes. country crock. Yes, she does. Which so... is a crock. I feel like we're making her sound a little bit like Paula Dean. That's sort of how I pictured her. Okay. But without the racism. Right. But she'd call you honey yeah. when you came over. Yeah. Yeah. Or sugar plum. Or pumpkin. Yeah. Uh, 
somebody already calls me pumpkin. Pumpkin's taken. Oh, and I bet her, she might call you um, peaches. Oh. Yeah, your favorite. But I, I bet she has a great Christmas tree. I bet she has two. I bet she has a formal one in the living room and then a family one in the family room. And never the twain shall mix. No, because the These formal ornaments one, go on the, yes. Formal tree is flocked with the snow and it's got silver and gold ornaments only and glass. And then the family room has like the bright lights and the popcorn and all the And the, the grandchildren can kind of go near it. That the tree. grandchildren know not to go near the other one. Don't go in the formal dining I'm room. I'm saying this like I know trees. it, but nope, I have I'm, actually never heard of people having two Christmas trees. That is a thing. That and, is and a I, thing. And Pam probably has it. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know. Even yeah. So this is like really rich people would do this. No. This is people who are really into Christmas would do this. Okay. Two trees. Pam says that when she went to hug Becky, Becky held her arms down straight. Tin soldier. Yeah. But she thought it was strange because she thought that Becky would be needing a lot more comforting and hugging and like collapsing in her arms. And it wasn't like that at all. Becky was sitting outside on the bench at the hospital smoking a lot instead of being inside talking with people. But I just I got it. You got to give people some slack. Like maybe there's no real way to grieve and maybe you don't want to be around people. I'm kind of a loner and might want to be by myself. This is at the hospital or at the house? Hospital. Because at the house, when Cammie first comes- She was she, sitting outside on the bench as well. She was sitting outside on the yeah. porch smoking with her feet up. Yes. She did that at the hospital too. What, what's up, Becky? She's a what's smoker. Up? No, but- She's a loner what's up, smoker. What's up with you? She's James Dean. Your husband's just been shot in the head. But I think you would be pacing in a million circles with your cigarettes. I don't think if you'd right. just seen your husband shot, you'd You're not just like be chilling. chilling. But again, I'm a sitter. You are a pacer. I don't think you'd be chilling. I'm, I sit anywhere. We've been at the hospital together. No, I'm in a sitter. this situation, I don't think you'd be sitting. I, I think you'd be up. I make myself comfy. That's my relaxation. Not in, But you're not relaxing. This is not relax time for Becky. This right. is level 10 right. emergency. All That's systems true. go. We are in crisis. That's kind of why I felt like she was assuming he was going to die. She was like waiting for it to happen. That's weird. That's kind of what I felt like. Because I would be in those doctors' faces being like, tell right. me right now. He would be like, give my daughter the shot. Yeah. Uh, give Shelby the juice. <laughs> I know that's not the same thing. No, but it's I always, not. But it's, I always yeah. think it's the same thing. Okay. I have candy. No, juice is better. Juice is better. Okay, Becky's brother comes on the show. And mm -hmm. he defends her at every turn. Yes, As a good brother should do. Okay. He says they were raised to control their emotions, so that's why she seemed kind of calm, and that also she's known for kind of saying off-the-wall strange things sometimes. So when the police interview her, uh, this is where she says some strange things. The police are interviewing her, and she says she- And this is at the station. Yes. They bring her into the station after he's died? Is that what happened? Yes, okay. correct. Okay. Okay. And it's like three in the morning, I think, at some point. Right. So she says she separated with him because he was a P-R-I-C-K for 31 years. So they felt like she was being too frank and speaking very ill of the dead at this Who point. Who had just died. Who had just died. But she had also said, we loved each other so much and we were so in love. 
I didn't know how much he loved me until I d- divorced him. Mm-hmm. That's like she when she filed for divorce, then he won her back and he was more romantic than ever. And that's when they fell back in love. So I think that's what she was trying to say in her defense. It was. But you probably don't call your husband that just died that word. A, a bad word. Yeah. Yeah. So this is when the interview, as Andrea says, took a revealing turn. They ask Becky, did you love this? Did you love this so much? Yeah, but I have some questions. I need to, I need clarification on this. Okay. They ask Becky if she was wearing what she's wearing now when the gun went off. And she's wearing a tube top. Instead of saying, yes, this is what I was wearing, Becky starts to take off the tube top in the interrogation room with no bra on underneath. And what you hear, there's no video, thank God. What you hear from Cammie and the male detective, who I think Becky doesn't know as well as she knows Cammie, you hear utter terror in their voices. Mm -hmm. They are trained to deal with finding a killer. They are trying to solve a murder. Yet Becky taking her top off throws them so much it's hilarious because okay one of them is like she's taking the tube top off and the man is like no 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 and the woman cammy's like wait 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 and they're both like no 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 you don't have to do that no no we're saying don't don't do that now we do that later they're like frantically telling her to stop They're trying frantically to stop her from taking off the top. And she's like, I'm taking off my, I'm going to just give you my shirt. And she throws it at Cammie. She throws it at Cammie. I I thought it was kind of impressive that she was wearing a tube top with no bra. She's Well, she's not wearing a tube top at this point. You know that, right? No, because they said tube top. No, that's what she was wearing at the house. She was wearing a a tube top and a pair of, they say, panties, panties, which is... Let's be so she professional had put and say underwear. Them. Correct. She had a t-shirt and pants over what she had been wearing. So this is why I was confused. Because they make it seem like she took that they she pulled, she went down and pulled her top, her t-shirt yeah. over. And it wasn't clear if she still had the tube top on or not. She didn't because they make it very clear. Well, they say she wasn't wearing a bra. Right. She says no. She is exposing her breasts. Right. So either she takes the tube top off with the t-shirt or the tube top was not on at that time. Correct. I think that she took... I think she t- takes I think she off. doesn't have the tube top on. I okay. think she has the t-shirt on gotcha. and takes it off, possibly still thinking she's wearing the tube top. They do at some point in that conversation when they say, is this what you had on before the tube top and she's and the panties? And she says the panties. Like maybe she's saying like, here's the tube top. I'm holding it. And the panties I have on. It's something like that. Like, she's is that not, possible? No, but she's not wearing the tube top sitting in the interior. In the interview, in the interrogation, she's wearing a t-shirt. the t-shirt. And she just takes the t-shirt off. So the female detective there and the male detective, they're freaking out. And he, it's so good. He, he's so uncomfortable. He clears his throat and says, uh, er, I, I, I should have clarified. Um, just, just wait until we're finished. Like, he's so 
it makes them beyond uncomfortable. And is she drunk? I don't know. It's so funny because they're she's drunk. They are so adamantly, frantically telling her to stop what she's doing. And she just is like, no, I'm doing it. This top is coming off. I need, I need, I need to know, like, what, okay, did a friend come up to her in the hospital and say, here, this is going to help you relax and give her a oh, little, Oh, a Xanax like, or something? A little pink pill or yes, something that's maybe. like, y- y- this is going to, we need to keep her yeah. calm. So I gave know. her, like, two Valium. <laughs> I don't know. It's so good. Of why you would be in there being like, I don't care. No, spring I'm, break. G- I'm gonna give you this top. It's fine. She, she spring break them. She did. She totally did. Girls gone wild. Woo! And poor Andrea. But I love Andrea. God. Andrea usually has the really serious interviews, but it's nice to see her have a little bit of smiling and a little bit of girl talk. Her nose is all wrinkled. Andrea's making this expression I've never seen before. Like she's just kind of just disgusted. So she says, Was she wearing a bra? And Cammy says, no. And Andrea says, so she just whipped it off. She's kind of laughing. but And you never thought you'd hear Andrea have to say she whipped it off. I loved it. So this made the cops very suspicious. Basically, after this interview, they were suspicious of her. So they mm-hmm. go back to the house and they find the smoking gun. Literally the gun. There we go. It is in the dryer in the laundry room. Wrapped in a blanket with a shell casing and a glove. The problem is that Becky had said the intruder came in and out of the house through the same entrance and never went to the laundry room. Doesn't mention that the killer went to the laundry room. So then they go through Becky's phone and they see a contact called Becky's Prodigy. Mm-hmm. It's my new favorite expression. So she tells them it's a female realtor that she knows. But it's not... Does it say prodigy or protege? Prodigy, I thought. Or was it protege? This is the question because they switch a couple times during the episode. So I wanted to ask you. I could have maybe typed it wrong and then my autocorrect changed it. I can't remember. It's not. They say say prodigy and protege. Are they two two different people? (laughs) (laughs) She has a prodigy and a protege. She might. I think it should just be Becky's boyfriend number one and Becky's boyfriend number two. I see. Okay. One of them's a prodigy and one of them's a protege. I gotcha. So she knows, she says it's a female realtor. It's not. It's a man named Mark Hallbrook. And he calls the police. They don't even find him. He finds them. He hears about the shooting and he calls the police. And he says, I had an affair with Becky like two years ago. Well, they say 19 months, but I thought that was ridiculous. So I'm upping it to two years or i guess i could say a year and a half but 19 months even if it's for a baby how old is your baby 19 months is the most ridiculous phrasing i've ever heard i can't i can't keep track of that i know so they had an affair and they ended it but before the murder of keith becky had been in touch with becky's prodigy again saying she still loved him, wanted to get back together with him, and that she would be moving soon to be near to him. So Mark offers to work with the cops and record a call with Becky. And on the phone call, Becky tells him, don't tell the police about the affair. Tell the police that I, that Becky's protege is a female, like, that I know. She says, the, this is the weirdest part, the intruder... 
that killed Keith. But she's so casual when she's saying it. She's like, the man who killed Keith, he committed suicide yesterday. They found him in this other town. So I'm no longer in danger. It's all good. We're all good. Like... I think that was she she felt like she wanted to get back to, together with him but he might think there was baggage in the form of a hitman that was out to get her so she had to kill him off so that Becky's protege would still want to get back together with her I guess. I don't want him to be skittish like I have this ex floating around or this hitman. So we're just going to say he killed himself. You were just going to wrap it up in a bow. Yeah. Cut to the police saying, um, no, we did never found a hitman that killed himself because we didn't know who the hitman was. We don't know who it was. We think it was Becky. Like, we don't know what's happening. Right. So then they find out that the gun actually belonged to Becky. So they arrest her. And she was yelling at the cops. And we don't get to know what she was yelling. And that is so frustrating to me. Because she curses like a sailor, and I want to know exactly what she was yelling at the cops. I know, I don't Because she's super cocky, too. So I bet she was yelling some really good stuff. The lawyer that she hires, he's so full of crap. Like, a lot of defense lawyers are. No offense. And Andrea, I don't know if she was really tired when she was interviewing him. She's... She she's like her eyes are so big and she's blinking so much. It's like she's trying to stay awake. Maybe like what he's saying. There could be a light. There could be a light that's bugging her. That's true. I felt like she was just like this guy's so full of crap. I I think she's also just like this case is insane. Yeah. What is happening? So the whole town is obsessed with the trial because it's a small town, and I bet tickets were selling like they were scalping tickets to that thing. I bet. And it's also, I mean, he's the chief fireman right he's yeah. like the he's the, the town head hero of the, yeah. he was at yeah. the oklahoma city bombings right and then you have this wife who was cheating and it's crazy yeah so they call up two men onto the stand who she was having sexy times with they had both received both received explicit texts from becky in the days before the shooting And photos, I'm assuming, of her boobs, because she seems to like showing her boobs to people. So they call up another dude on the stand. He is a former client of hers, and he says they had sex the day of the crime. He is 29. Yeah. He looks a bit older than 29, but whatever. Correct. The other men that she was sleeping with looked maybe 40. There was only one of them, maybe 45. They showed two. I only saw one that had a striped shirt on and then the balding guy who had sex with her that day. So, and he's 29, but he's balding. No, again, I don't no think shame the age game. matters. The fact is, is that she's having sex with these guys when her husband had tried so hard to win her back, was being sweet, making the reason iced it tea matters, for her friend. The reason it matters is because... At the hospital the night of the shooting, while her husband is dying, she tells Pam, I had sex today with a 29-year-old client. So the reason the age matters so much is because it matters to her, because she felt the need to say it to Pam. She bragged to Pam about it. And she has pictures of his private area on her phone. And told Pam that. And tells Pam this, but Pam says she did not use the word private area because Becky is a gutter mouth 
And so she said the D for sure. She said, I've got D on my phone. Uh Do you want to see it? Come with me to the bathroom real quick. Uh Uh-huh. Well, her husband's dying. Right. From now on, I'm calling Becky's protege D. Like when I say D, like I kicked him right in the Becky's protege. He must have a great Becky's protege. Becky's protege picks. Yes, there you go. That's perfect. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So mm-hmm. Becky then says to Pam, I kind of feel bad about it because when I got home today, Keith was being nice and he made me a tea. He's How d- much tea do these people drink? A they lot just, of tea. They are peeing all the time. Yeah. Because iced tea is one of those drinks, right? It goes through you. Yeah. But I can't. Becky... Becky, Becky is up of, there for me. Kind of feels bad about it because he made her a tea and was being really nice. So on like the bad people scale, right? No, we've had some bad women, Delia. But Becky is like Sabrina, Casey Anthony. She might be prostitute. She might be a full-on sociopath. She's this is or it's full a narcissism. M- mm-hmm. Midlife crisis triggered. Gone horribly sociopath. wrong. Could like could midlife crisis trigger some sort of sociopathic narcissistic, or you always would have had to be like that? This is crazy. Yeah, all of this stuff. Or she's like, okay, Pop or she pills. has a mental. No, she has a mental. She may she, have. A she mental. had like a, she has a mental disease, and like well, in that case, we should not be talking bad. But this is like really di- like no, diabolical stuff. The sexual acting out. Could be a symptom of like a bipolar that's untreated or something. That sort of um, sexual over like stimulation and needing these sexual adventures. That's fairly common, I think. There but we go. it doesn't make you homicidal. So I don't know where the excuses on that. Do you? Is this a hormones thing? Is this a menopause? Like an that's early what I'm change? Because she's at the prime. She's like. Um, the average age for menopause, I looked it up, is 51. So she's like right okay. at that age. So, okay, we're going to continue on. Press on. She had told um, – Pam had told Becky earlier, you and Keith seem really doing well in your marriage. And Becky says, oh, I'm a great faker, which kind of makes me think you're right about some sort of so- narcissistic something. Mm-hmm. Becky was also scheming to get Becky's protege back by any means necessary. And she was telling Pam about all of this. So do you think Pam should have told Keith? I'm just thinking now. Wait, about what? When he was dying? No, before. She had told Pam before about all this stuff she was going to do that I will get to to try to win back Becky's protege. No, Pam's the best friend. She, I guess. And remember, she said 31 she, years, 31 years of Keith being right. a bad word. So right. she, she had said. So now she gets to cheat, though? years of him being a jerk. So everything's justified, right? 
maybe he cheated on her at some point, although we don't we know. have no proof of that. No, we don't. So I'm not. So, but yeah, no, the best friend is going to stick with her. Yeah, you're right. But we don't it, know how bad the marriage was either. I mean, this is why I wish w- the the kids get on the stand for like two seconds. Yeah, and we don't get to hear what they say. But they so. don't say anything because I looked it up. Yeah. They're very respectful and they mm-hmm. ask them very specific questions about timelines. But gotcha. they don't ask them about like family relationship stuff. Gotcha. Which I really wish they would have. Yeah. Oh, definitely. But they, I think, were, were trying to stay. I mean, their mom is the only rel- parent they have left. So I get it. But okay. Here's, here's the crazy where we get even crazier. So when I said any means necessary, I mean any means necessary. And we have seen this tactic on a dateline before, and it also went very badly. So I'm just going to preemptively say what I'm about to say. Ladies, don't do this. This is bad. Don't do this. She was planning on telling Becky's protege that she was pregnant with his baby to win him back. I want you guys to remember that she is over 50. Now, women over 50 can get pregnant especially nowadays, but it's almost never just by accident. Not like, whoops, I'm pregnant, I forgot to take my pill, and I'm pregnant. So Becky tells best friend Pam this. Mm -hmm. This is my plan to get Mark, Becky's protege, back. I'm going to tell him I'm pregnant with with his baby. Pam, God bless Pam, with her accent, she says to Andrea, I just told her, I said, Becky, you're 50 plus years old. And Becky says, 50 year olds get pregnant all the time. And Pam says, <laughs> who? Where? How does this happen? I, I've never heard of this. Does it happen? <laughs> it's so good. And you think that's it with this craziness. That ain't it. Nope. Pam that's, says. Let's ramp up the crazy. Becky was looking for someone that could provide her with a fake or false pregnancy. I mean, a positive, fake positive pregnancy test. Or maybe a real one, like they were actually pregnant. But it wouldn't be hers. Correct. That she could show to him. Mm -hmm. And again, I think, well, what's your end game? You're probably going to say you lost the baby at some point, but after you've won him back, I would guess. But then that brings us to the next thing to amp up the crazy is that she wanted to have a birth announcement printed up. And then I was so confused because I thought those were for after the baby was born. So where is she getting this baby? Is she going to steal a baby? Was she going to steal a baby? I think she's doing like, I'm having a baby announcement, not like a birth announcement. Uh, I had a baby. No, I'm having one. I'm having one. Yes, come to my shower. And would she have like a fake belly in those pregnancy photos? And I, Becky's protege would be standing shirtless behind her, cradling gonna, her belly? I'm going to say this. I think Becky was willing to take it all the way. I think what she was going to do is just try to win him back. He'd come back out of guilt. He would then fall back in love with her. Uh-huh. And she would then have a quote unquote miscarriage and lose the baby. Right. But there was never a baby to begin with. Right. And then Andrea asks, like, she knows the answer is going to be no, because that's utterly ridiculous. Did she, like, have a name picked out? And Pam says she had a name picked out. So she had a name picked out for this right, fake no, baby. So she's, that right. makes me think she was going to steal a baby. I'm, I wouldn't put it past her. 
She's on the crazy train. I can't. Yeah. She's it's derailed at this point. I can't. Yes. I just I don't what was her end game? Don't know. So then we finally see Becky's protege on the stand. He is not what I was expecting. No, he's not. He, also, her, we should we should mention that Keith is very handsome. He's a very handsome strapping oh, yeah. fire captain. One hundred percent. Yes, that's a great point. So I'm uh, not sure what Mark's what what yeah exactly the is of Mark. He is not that attractive. He is the other men that she was sleeping with were twenty years old, younger than her. He's in his fifties. He's completely bald. He has our third mustache of the night. He must be really good. He must yes. have a great Becky's protege. Yeah. His, you see, you're saying protege. You're I'm combining prod, prod, He is endowed and in the prodig, prodig, He's well endowed in, in the, the protege area. Gotcha. So he says that on the day Keith was shot... She left a message for him saying she was going to buy a house near him because she was about to inherit some money. Interesting. So she had just been contacting him recently. They broke Very up 19 recently. months ago and she was just like trying to get back in touch. And He was to, not, okay. I think, reciprocating it. I think she was going after him. was he responding at all? Was he just ignoring her messages or was he responding a little bit? Was he kind of leading her on? That's why I'm like, how Don't crazy know. is, how crazy was the crazy? Right. That's true. Like, I mean, it, neither way is appropriate, but it does no, make none. her less crazy if he was leading her on a little. Because I'm thinking at this point, we can just go for a straight insanity defense. Right. <laughs> Like she didn't know because that's insanity the thing, right? by menopause. Is you that don't a thing? know? You don't know what you're doing is wrong. Hot flash homicide. <laughs> Done. Title. That that was one of my titles, but Title. I, we're gonna fill that in here. Love it because what? Because honestly, like if you don't think what you're doing is wrong at the time, that's insanity, right? But if she knew that, that, that what I don't buy about that is that people. Well, maybe. I guess you could think that it you don't think that it's wrong, but mm. you understand that society thinks it's wrong, so you have to lie about things. Because I would automatically assume if you don't think it's wrong, then why do you have to make up stories about it? But it's because you do understand that society would think it was wrong and will put you in jail for it, I guess. Because she put the gun in the dryer. Right. And then lied and said it made up an intruder. So but I why guess did she put the gun in the dryer. Yeah. Sorry, it seems weird. Okay, it does. Go ahead. So the prosecution says there were trace amounts of gun residue on Becky's hand, mm-hmm. and the glove had Becky's DNA on it. Mm-hmm. Now Becky's brother is still standing by her, and Andrea. This is best quote of the night. Mm-hmm. Andrea asks him, "Do you think the evidence against your sister was convincing?" And he says, "If you wanted to convict her of being a greedy slut, yeah." Wow. That's her brother. Even though I'm judging the brother because he's totally family in denial, mark it off on your bingo cards, he at least is entertaining about it and has a good quote. No, he at least also sees his sister's actions for exactly what they are. 100%. Also, this all could have been avoided if she just had not gotten back to her with her husband when they got a divorce. Why did she go back with him? I think because of the narcissism thing, she wanted it all. Maybe the, She wanted the, him to want her, but uh-huh. she wanted to be able to do whatever she wanted. Right. And he made a good living, and 
probably the chase of having to fool around in secret was maybe appealing to her. It's it's more adventurous, and she wanted adventure. Becky, I'm. This I know. Shameful. Shame. So Becky Shame. is in court, and her hair has gone from blonde, very blonde, to gray brownish color. And Andrea Gray. throws some shade by well, saying but. she is no longer resembled the woman she once was. She does not. So the defense points out they did not fingerprint any of the doors in the house, the dryer handle, or the gun itself, which is kind of crazy. I almost don't believe that it's true because I can't comprehend them not fingerprinting the gun. That's really weird. Cammy, what were you doing? I don't understand. They test for gunshot residue, but they're not fingerprinting, which is yeah, very, very strange. Very strange. Yeah. She had left the gun in the car in her purse, and they think the intruder went in through the garage, took the gun out of the purse, went in to shoot someone. How in the world would the gun know that the right. that there was a gun in Unless her purse they knew in the car? Her or she had told someone, I'm going to leave the gun here in my purse. This is ridiculous. All right. They test the glove. The glove had unknown DNA on it, an unknown person. It was not the husband. It was not her. Right. And it was a large man's work glove, and it had gunshot residue on it. And that was very confusing to me because I don't understand how wearing a large glove, you could pull a trigger with any accuracy. Unless you had it on your left hand. No, she shot him like right, right close. But I don't even know how you'd pull the trigger. If it's like a, one of those large, like, it looks almost like a large rubber glove. Like, how no, would you possibly know. pull the trigger? I think, I think you could. I mean, I think it's not the easiest, but if you, I mean. Unless you had it on in your some... left hand and you didn't have it on in your right hand, but you would assume that they were going to fingerprint the gun. That's why mm -hmm. you would wear a glove, because obviously they're going to fingerprint the gun, and that's just insane that they didn't fingerprint the gun. So they keep bringing up the mysterious man in the truck who had been driving around. I just think it's funny. It's the little truck. They keep itty calling it a little pickup, because itty bitty pickup, because this is like Oklahoma, where right, where it's like, a, yeah. Uh -huh. So, so is there a little shame, like um, penis envy type shame uh, in s calling someone's truck little in Oklahoma? I'm, I'm wondering. I'm wondering. I'm assuming. My guess would be yes. But also the only itty bitty pickup I've ever seen is my half sister, who's very, very small. She's like 5'1". And she used to drive an itty bitty pickup and it was perfect. She's very, very small. But if I saw a grown man get out of her truck, it'd be You very would think funny. it was funny. Yeah, yeah, but she used to have this itty-bitty pickup. It's it like really my mom funny. getting out of a pickup truck. Yes, it's like a, a pocket person in a pocket truck. Which yeah. my mom sits on two foam seat right. covers. Right. So that she can see out of her car. <laughs> She's four ten and a half. So you were like, if you, a man was like, hey, nice truck there. That's that's quite would an it impressive make Becky's protege you've got. W would it make him angry enough to kill after a, not a long enough period of time? That much teasing down at the car wash? Yes. Napoleon complex? Absolutely. Yes. So they, they <laughs> I think we solved it. Itty bitty uh, pickup committee. <laughs> okay. So they keep bringing up this stranger 
But he was hanging around. He was hanging around. They saw, people saw this truck driving around. But and he, he was looking for construction work right. in the neighborhood. But what is this stranger's motive? There was no robbery. Nothing was taken. No. Yeah. No one knows what the motive is. Becky's brother said that Becky was about to inherit a diamond ring from their aunt. And that's the inheritance that she was talking about to buy the house. That seems plausible. Does. It does. However... Although- what? I'm sorry, you were probably just going to talk about how much the ring is worth. No, I wasn't. But in it was like 19000 a long time ago had been appraised. Right. So it could be worth maybe 30000 And that's enough for a down payment on a house. For it is sure enough for a down payment on a house. In yes. Oklahoma. So Becky is found guilty. Her brother doesn't think she did it, but he still he seems less sure now because he heard he heard a lot of stuff that he he was not proud of. And then he says there's one or two people who know who did this. Either Becky did it and she's the person who knows who did it or someone else did it and they know it and Becky knows it. But that implies that Becky hired someone to do it. No, there's two people who know. Becky knows that there was another person. She doesn't know who it is, but he came in the house. I think and did that's it. what he's saying, but that's it what made he's me saying. I think okay, so I'm over giving You're him over, more credit. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Okay. So she's sentenced to life in prison. Yes, she is. Pam does the thing that we've noticed recently that we're not super fond of, even though I love Pam, which is where you uh you presume to know what the victim would want your feelings to be towards the killer. Right. She thinks that Keith would have wanted them to forgive Becky. She's sure of it. Now, this makes me upset because what we talked about earlier, when Pam Pam did not tell Keith about the affair, about Mark and all of this stuff, that right. her crazy baby thing and all that, but now she somehow knows Mark well enough to know, or Keith. sorry, somehow knows Keith well enough to know that Keith would want forgiveness for Becky. Yeah. That doesn't, that doesn't, you can't go both ways. You can't be close with him, but not close enough with him to tell, you know. Well, I kind of want to go back to when they introduced Pam, because I thought they more introduced her as a family friend and not Becky's best friend. I'm sure she asked to be introduced as the family friend. But was her husband a fireman? Was she just part of that circle? No, that was Terry and Kim. I that the, other lady. The but, other no, no, no. That was a different lady. There were three sets of friends. There right. was one lady who was married to another fireman. We right. didn't ever meet him, but she was obviously very close with Keith and not Becky, and then closer with Keith because she was crying at the trial and all that. that See, first and I got the feeling that Pam was close with both of them, maybe. and that's why it bothered me that she didn't but tell not, Keith. Okay, so so maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. But she's obviously closer with Becky if she didn't tell him. Yeah, that's true. Her loyalty was with Becky. Right. She was a girl's girl. Right. But I don't think Becky was a girl's girl. I don't know anything. I don't don't think Becky knew what she was. She was. Becky was out for (sighs) Becky. Yeah. Becky was out for Becky. Yeah. Um, And that is our episode. Let's. Do you have anything else to add? Do you want to add outside information? Yeah. So. Her 911 call. This is what I wanted to talk about because I don't, I think that this is maybe one of the most telling pieces of evidence that she did it was how she did this call. It's so bizarre when you listen to it from the top. So the first time she calls, they say, you know, 
police department, 911, what's your emergency? And she says, okay, I am at, and then she gives her address, and a young man about 25 cut off. So what's weird about that? What's the first thing you would say on a My husband's call? been shot. My husband's yeah. been shot. There we go. So then she calls back and says, I just called 911 on my cell phone. Did you get my address? Are you coming to my house? And then he says, yes, we're en route. What seems to be the problem? Still hasn't said her husband's been shot. Right. She says, I don't know. This man, this 25, 26-year-old man with a hoodie, cap on, walked into our house, through our garage, and walked into our living room, and he oh shot my, my husband. Oh, my God. She's yeah, telling uh-huh. the, he took one she, step, and then he took another correct, step. Correct. And he shot my husband in the head. So we, she goes through all of that before wow. saying what the emergency is. She goes through that he has a hoodie, a cap, that he's 25 or 26, which how the heck would you know that? Right. Walked through our garage. How does she know he walked through the garage? Right. And walked into our living room. I mean, it's insane. And then she says, my husband is lying here bleeding on my couch right now. My couch? (laughs) Her couch? It's not our couch? (laughs) Or the couch? Right? Yeah. Why does she say my couch? And he turned around to me and said, ma'am, I'm so sorry he said, "Wait, so she's continues to say this she's without con- this any is, prompting? This is all the 911 call. No. They're not prompting her with these questions. No. They are not prompting at this point. They prompt in a second. And then it says, and he turned around to me and said, "Ma'am, I'm so sorry," he said, "but your husband should have hired me." Or you're yeah, that's it. And then the he says something like, "Okay, so he was shot like he the the Right, responder that's the responds. key information that we yeah. need. The the responder responds, and then she says, oh my God, he's in a little itty bitty pickup, okay? And he's going down my street. He's in like a little, little, little pickup, and uh, I don't know what kind. It's a dark color. And then they ask him a question about that, something about him. And then he's, she says, he's heading down West Rose Hill Drive. He's, there's only one way out of our addition if you know Mustang. You have to go down Owen. She's like giving them directions, basically. Then he says, okay, well, we've got it. We've got this on the way. We've got that on the way. And she says, okay, I've got to go. My husband is lying here gasping for air. He's dripping. He's like moving. I've got to have somebody here. So she's saying he's moving. And then she says, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. My husband is still moving. And then he says, okay, ma'am, we've got people on the way. It's almost like, that's what I would say if I was had just tried to kill a spider. And I was she's so also terrified getting, that it she's was getting, still alive. She's very it's frantic. still moving. She's like it's calmer at the beginning and then getting increasingly frantic as this call goes but on. But you know what I'm way. saying? Like in a horror movie after you shoot the bad guy and you're like, oh my God, he's still moving. Yeah. And you like, you want him to be stopped moving. No, that she wants him to stop moving. Right, exactly. And then he says, okay, we have this on the way, this on the way. She says, thank you very much. Oh, my God. Come and bust his blank. Find (gasps) him. Oh, my God. My husband is still moving. Are you calling, like, ambulances, too? (laughs) Like, this is, yeah. It's So there's more, but that's. Like, 90% of it is about the intruder. And, like, 90% to 10% is about the husband. 90% is, like, her story. The story right. that she made up. Now here, then, can I play devil's advocate for one sec? Yeah, yeah. So first when you were saying it, I was thinking, well, maybe she's just panicked and doesn't know the right things that to say on a ambulance call. 
on a 911 call. But then I was like, as you were going on with the story, I was like, actually, she's giving them important information of like where he's heading and what he looks like. She is the wife of a police chief. A fire asks, chief. She so asks, she knows what to say on 911 calls. She's also asking specifically at the end of this call, which I didn't write down, but she did say at the end of this call, is Cammy coming? Oh. Is somebody, is so-and-so and so-and-so coming? Gotcha. She's asking for specific people and says, do you have, is fire coming too? Interesting. And they said, yes, all three are on their way. And she's like, okay, good. Like she wants them all there. Right. I could see it going either way. Yeah. But definitely it sounds fairly rehearsed with the facts. And the, the facts. 25, 26-year-old is ridiculous. But that's what I thought was so funny because the brother, the her brother does say to Andrea, he says, she asks, she asked the brother if that call sounds suspicious to him. And he says, no, it doesn't. You you heard it. It's in Dayline. He she asks him if it sounds if it sounds odd. And he says, no, she's very, very detailed. That's true. He does say that. Yeah. Yeah. That's how she talks. So that means it's not suspicious because that's exactly how she talks. Interesting. It's like, hmm. We have said, I said it on another podcast too. It's like, I would say the the wrong, I would ask the wrong questions. Like I'd be focused on the wrong things, you know? Right, right. If I wasn't used to doing something like this. But it does kind of sound, I don't know. You're not more focused on your husband. Right. You would be more focused on your husband. He's dead. He's dying. Right. I can't tell if he's dead. Right. I think he's dying. Like it would also, that would be the phone call. You have to remember a literally a man just walked in, shot your husband out of nowhere. You were not expecting it and then walked out. You would not be focused. You would not know what to say about that man. You wouldn't have seen anything about his face. You would have been so in shock and trying to save your husband's life. Also, but she, she better- is like he went down this street. He's going down this way. Like, there's only one way to get out. Because she better have tried to hold his head or wrap his head or do something. Right. He was he was gurgling or whatever, dripping. Right. So you would think if you thought he was still alive, then, then you'd try <laughs> to save him. Right. How can I stop this bleeding? <sighs> oh, my goodness. What do I do? Wow. So she's either a cold-hearted bee, a cold-hearted snake. Or, or a practiced wife of a fire chief who has had a training class on what to say on a 911 call. So that, but she seems far more concerned with finding the man and seeking revenge on him than yes, she does. her husband, saving her husband's life. Yes, she does. That's what's so like. It's very telling. strange. Huh. So okay. you are thinking she did it. Yeah. I want to, who I do you so. think the large nosed man is? Gargamel. <laughs> Gargamel? I solved it. From. From the Smurfs, yeah, that we spoke like about would, recently, he could drive. He could drive an itty bitty pickup committee, <laughs> Gargamel, and he gets out and he's all grumpy and in a gown and like a long black nightgown. Oh gosh! So I thought you really knew who he was because I, I kind of thought I do know who he is. Con- I just told you. I kind of thought that maybe there really was a man that she hired to do it. No, but I do think that there is evidence that if people in the neighborhood saw that pickup drive around, the police did not look into that at all. Yeah. You know, and then somebody on the street saw him driving erratically that night. So that, I mean, there were some evidence to show that there could have been someone yeah. who Multiple came to the house saw. looking for contracting work and and the Keith turned him away. No, and then I he got mad. I don't buy that. Not for one second. 
I so she's using him as the alibi. Then. Yes, I think it. There's she saw him. I think she hired someone, paid them with sex, or was having sex with a guy, and then convinced him to do this somehow because there's no oh. money trail, and then tried so to blame think, it on him by describing think, someone similar to him. You don't think that she actually shot him? You think she hired someone? I think and someone actually was in the house. Correct. I think it's possible that there was someone that she had put. I 100% think she was behind it. I just am not 100% convinced she actually shot him. I believe that. I, I agree, actually. I don't think she probably did. I think she probably paid someone else to do it. Or paid them in sex. Cause that, but I don't know how much the police went into her financials. And we have no one Because they didn't fingerprint a, the gun. And we have no one hearing a gunshot. I think the houses are fairly spread out okay. in Oklahoma. In their neighborhood, they're they're bigger houses, so I think they're fairly spread out. But it wouldn't matter if someone heard the gun, because she's not lying about there was a gunshot. No, I was trying to see if it was earlier. Right, a timeline. I think that would have been more obvious from the EMTs and the amount of blood and if it had dried. But again, I don't think this town, very small town, is used to dealing with murder at all, which is why they didn't fingerprint the gun. And... Maybe why they oh, didn't. Oh, no, I think you're right. So maybe the EMTs haven't seen a ton of gunshot wounds because it's supposed to be such a safe place. But yeah, I do think there could have been a guy driving around erratically in a pickup truck and she tried to throw the blame on him for some reason, but she's the one who had arranged it because okay. she was sleeping with him. She was going to tell his wife if he didn't do it. I don't hmm. know. Um, what about B-roll Bonanza? I only have one thing. Oh, what do you have? That the the theme for Mustang on the sign is a city with a vision. Oh. What's the vision for? What is it of? A lady taking her top off? Did you look up their like commerce, their chamber of commerce? No, but that's see? just the sign on the sign. It says like welcome to Mustang, a city with a vision. It's so vague. What is the vision? Is it a better future, a brighter tomorrow? With something like that, but they don't say it. They, oh, la- they let sakes. you lead your own conclusions on that one. Whatever you want your vision to be. It's like a, a choose-your-own-adventure oh, like, book. It's like the secret. Yeah, it is. You put Dang it out it. there in the world. And then No, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. All right. What about fashion police? What about precious moments? I thought the policeman with the mustache when he was crying, that was pretty that sad. That was the one. Yeah, saying his last words to his friend. Yeah. I couldn't. I was that like, was really Stop. sad. Yeah. Stop. And he was, ugh. Yeah. Choked up. Uh, we should be specific. That was tight and right mustache, mustache. man and oh. not handlebar mustache man. Yeah. And not Becky's protege mustache man. God. There's lots of mustaches yeah. in the Sooner State. Did you have any alternative theories besides what we discussed? No, just what we discussed. Titles time? Okay. Titles. Yep. Wait a minute. Wait. One quotable quote. Yeah. The friend, Gina, who was the shorter haired lady, uh-huh. who was the family friend, yeah. said when she rushed over to the house that night, she said, well, I rushed over, I rushed in and then I hugged her neck, hugged her neck. What's that mean? You bury your head in their neck and hugged your arm neck? is, I mean, it's what Oliver does when he's trying to kill me. Right. But when he's trying to jujitsu you. It's... Hugged her neck, grabbed him by the neck, and did a bit. No, but she didn't say that. She it's said like I rushed in hug. and I hugged. I hugged her neck. I can see. I get that. I get what she's saying. 
It's it an embrace. extremely descriptive. Yeah, it's an embrace. Maybe it's a colloquialism from Oklahoma. From the Sooners. Okay. Yeah. We got it. Uh, titles. Right. Or karaoke, yeah. if you can think of one. I never can. The karaoke means so much more in this episode because they were watching Carrie. No, it doesn't. That's the dumbest pun you've ever said. Those are two totally different things. They don't even start with the same letter. Karaoke. No. That's so... No. Okay, we're not even going to do it now. You ruined it. You're so jealous all the time. You what? Mine are really it. good. You want me to do it. Your karaoke songs? No, my... Uh, titles. My titles. Okay, mine are not good. Go ahead. I was working on a 50 is the new skanky. 50 mm-hmm. is the new slutty. Something. Can we say slutty because her brother called her a greedy slut? Yeah. Okay. I think we totally can. Okay. Um, it's used in the episode. Yeah. No, he said yes. it. Mustang and Poo-Tang. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and, okay. And then in Mustang, you must have a mustache. Not a, yeah. not not as good. Why as, not Mustang mustaches? The mustaches. Because I got a third one in there. Because you must have one. Must have mustache of Mustang. There you go. Okay, that's better. Much it's shorter. Better. Yeah, shorter. It's no, compact. I like it. No, yeah. it sounds more like a title, and mine's like a sentence. I get it. Yes. Let's go back to when I said Mustang and Putang, and you were impressed by that. Let's <laughs> pretend that I never said that part about the mustache, and we just so like reenact like, the Mustang a- and Putang. And then you're, you were like, that was great. <laughs> that was good. Do you have any more? No, that's it. You don't have sooner rather than later? No, that's good though. What about Becky with the questionable hair? <laughs> I was going to say Becky with the questionable boobs. Because we had so many questions about them. I love it. Instead of Becky with a good Yeah, name. no, I got it. I know. Okay, then I, got I have uh, Becky Does Mustang. Oh, I love I that. Have, that's yeah. so good. Like Debbie Does yep. Dallas? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good too. Becky Gets Some Prodigy because that's uh-huh. your, for you. Uh-huh. And then I have Becky Go Brawless. <laughs> No more yips. Okay. The yips are gone. The yips are officially dead. <laughs> Those are all really good. Those are all really good, I have to say. I'm super Thanks. impressed. Thank you. Tonight was a good night for me. Yeah. I need. I needed, I was owed a good night. Yeah, you know what? No. The people were the owed people, I know. a good night the, for the holidays. It is. And you delivered. I did. I delivered finally because I know people were doubting. Yeah. No, they thought you were never coming back from that. So this is it, guys. Tell a friend. We did <laughs> Katie's it. Katie's back. Guess who's back? Katie's back. <laughs> uh, right. I think that's all, you guys. We love you. We hope you're enjoying uh, Happy Hanukkah, Katie and Kimberly, and are having good holiday season. And we there's are wrapping it up. One more episode, and it's hopefully you'll really enjoy it because we really enjoyed recording it. One more episode for the new year. It'll be released on New Year's Eve day, and then we're Final taking one. all of 2019 off. 
Absolutely not. Oh, sorry. We're becoming bad sorry, faster then we're doubling and stronger. Up in 2019, like we are nobody's doing business. More. So then Just anyone... whipping out our Brecky's proteges and showing them to the town. I don't know what that means. Becky's protege deep. <laughs> I was thinking of saying um, my Becky's proteges were up inside me. <laughs> I like that Becky's protege is not just the one item. It's the it's entire the whole, package. Well, that's now. what I wasn't going to make it's it. But when you, the said, when you yeah. said Becky's protege deep, I thought, okay, it can refer to all three. So I'm going to do it too. Becky's protege to the wall. There you go. I'd like to go eat my Chinese food now. Bye, everybody. Oh, wait. Hold on. Before that, what do you say? Don't watch alone. Watch with your Becky's protege. No, keep your protege. Pro- keep your Becky's protege to yourself. It, yeah, keep your Becky's protege in your pants. There you everybody. go. Done. Nobody wants to see that. All right. Can I go now? Yes, you can go. Um, but I'm changing you to Becky's protege or prodigy in my phone. Haven't decided which. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.